What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of No Reserves Radio. This is Alex. Hey. Angelo, just put some more joy into it. Welcome in, guys. Welcome to another episode. And Angelo is feeling really sad right now. I'm not sure why. Um, oh, maybe, maybe I know. Um, maybe it's the fact that your fraud of a team, uh, or teams in this case, the fraudulent teams that you liked so much, all got eliminated. As I said, they would. They didn't just get eliminated. Like none of the games were close. No, they got Except humiliated. Except the Rams lines. That's the only game that was close. Yeah, but that one wasn't really like a fraud team. The fraud teams were your Philadelphia Eagles and your Dallas Cowboys. Oh, now that I'm saying Cowboys, Angelo. Sorry, I was choking. Ah, whenever I hear about the Cowboys, I always start choking up. It's just. A gag reflex, I guess, right? So I knew it was going to be a bad week when <laughs> Saturday occurred and oh. my furnace went out. I don't know. It's probably not cold where you are. Uh-huh. But do you know the conditions in the Kansas City game? Oh, yeah. That's about what it is here. Yeah, it's no nowhere near as cold in here. But yeah, it's definitely that. That feels very cold. I, I have new like algor- like new bars of cold. Like right now, I'm sitting here in sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a hoodie. Like I have a hoodie on to record. Yesterday, when I was watching TV, I could see my breath. When I went to microwave my breakfast this morning, there was steam coming out of the microwave. Oh. Uh. You know what? It's funny that, like, for example, here it is nearly as cold. Like, like a very bad day for us, it's like, I don't know, 2, 3 degrees Celsius, which I guess that translated to, to Fahrenheit. It's it's not that, word, that, be, that bad. But the thing is, here the houses have barely no isolation. So, like, for example, the cold really gets inside, like... The houses are really badly built in Portugal, so I guess it's not as bad here, but I guess it's equivalent to, because, for example, that happens to me, the the one thing that you were talking about, that when you were talking, you were seeing the sort of, like, frostiness, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot here as well, and it's, like, it's just par for the norm, yeah. How the fuck do you deal with it? I hate this shit. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I mean, usually just having heating inside the house, like, and it's oh, not. Oh, no, that's great, not really. an option right now. I'm, I'm, yeah, the, the, the people come Friday. The people come Friday, and they're going to give me an estimate yeah. on new furnace and AC. And it's like you're saying you're like you're in hoodie and you have the sweatpants. It's like that's how I usually am dressed for this episode. So, <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, sometimes. But yeah, I knew it was going to be a bad week when the furnace went out. I had no heat, and then you know, I got to what was the first game that that I watched? I think the Dallas game, and I was just like, "Oh, oh you oh, didn't no. watch any of the the Browns game?" No, I did not watch the Browns get decimated. I watched the first half, and then I was like, "Oh, this shit's over." When I stopped. it's the Browns game, although there's not a whole lot to talk about because I don't I, think I guess... Joe Flack. The first half I watched, Joe Flacco did not play bad. The defense could not stop anything. 
yeah, that that was the main issue. And it was one, like, I know I sat here and said that basically the Browns were the pick. And for most of the week, I really didn't see a whole lot of pushback on that. Like, if there was one game that it was almost unanimous, was that the Browns were going to win and cover the line. And it was, in fact, it was the game that went completely the other way. Like, uh, Eagles, for example, were a bigger shock. Dallas was a bigger shock. But I saw people picking the opposite line. Like, I saw no one picking the Texans. And they came out and they just dominated. And although I did say that Stroud struggles versus man coverage and he struggles versus pressure, one thing that it's also true is the Browns defense doesn't really travel that well. So it was one thing that we maybe should should have cons- should have considered in that line. But still, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Flacco did throw there like two pick sixes, pick sixes weren't, didn't he? That's fair. Yeah. Yes. So I got a new I mean, one. My Pepsi tastes like Dr. Pepper. That's how cold it is. Anyway. <laughs> Go on, go on, Joe Flacco. No, nah, Joe Flacco, sixes. just the picks, yeah. The pick sixes really were killers. But, like, for the most part, I really can't take Those anything away from that. Those didn't second half, though, right? Like, it was 21 to, like, 7 by the time those happened, Yeah, right? but, like, that's still manageable. Like, 21-7 is manageable. Uh, 21, uh, what? 21, no, not 21, but, like... When you have on like the fourteen points, it's like thirty-five to seven. And then seven, you're like, yeah. um, <laughs> that's not as manageable. But yeah, like take nothing away from Stroud. I mean, one fifty-seven QB rating, uh, three touchdowns, two hundred seventeen, uh, two hundred seventy-four yards passing, uh, just sixteen of twenty-one, very efficient, thirteen point oh yards per attempt. Really efficient, and then the the run game was okay. I mean, Singletary at sixty six yards, like the rest didn't do much, but the run the run game did enough to the point in which they managed to control the game, and they got the dub. I mean, you didn't need Browns. to. Revan Jordan had that huge ass reception for like seventy yards. Nico yeah, Collins just destroyed him, and Tank Dell was it Tank Dell? Who was the other wide receiver that was destroying him along with Nico? Uh, John Matchy got 44 yards, uh, but that's basically it. Like, no one else really did so anything. It was Nico, it's okay. Like, it was Nico yeah, and that one reception for Brevin. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I believe, yeah, Dalton Schultz also had a big one for 37 yards. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, they got the big plays at the end of the day. I mean, if you look at the game, it was like two pick sixes, that's 14 points. They had a long touchdown to Brevin Jordan, a long touchdown to Dalton Schultz. I mean, that's what? That's 28 points? I mean, right they scored 45. So that's roughly half of the points that they scored or a bit more than half of the points that they scored. At the end of the day, they got the big plays. Browns really couldn't get going. This Browns team lived off the big plays as well when they had Flacco at the helm. It was like it was the ability of just having Flacco shug it deep. And it's funny that it's one of those traits that it's close to a Josh Allen that we'll talk about later. Um, that it's just like you, you can second? live, you can live with the interceptions as long as you also get the big plays. And that's how they went the the later part of the season with Flacco. In this game, they just didn't get the long plays, so and they the got the, the interceptions. The so, like one of the, I'll go back to one of the late games that they played. Flacco had two interceptions. Yes. They both came in the first half, and one of them was literally as the clock was winding to zero at halftime. Yes. 
these did not happen in that situation. These happened while they were down trying to come back. No. They were they were terrible interceptions. Yeah, they were. I mean, and there's some games in which you threw like a few big ducks that you could just see that they weren't good throws. But as I said, when you get the big plays and you get the long touchdowns, you can live with the interceptions. This one, it's just the interceptions, and they died by the Flacco. Flacco became the Fluco. Yeah. It's like a Cinderella story. It's unfortunate. It it's okay. Home. It just means the Houston Texans have to be the one to beat Baltimore in the first round. It's all good. Uh. <laughs> it's all it's good. funny that you think that can happen. <laughs> oh, Yeah, that's the only thing that can still hold your bracket there. It's like... If if the Ravens for some reason don't win this game, you can yeah, maybe for, hang on yeah. to that. That's the for thing that you're reason, hanging yeah. on to. Yeah, if the Ravens for some reason beat the Texans, you know. No, no, that, if the Texans for some <laughs> reason beat the Ravens. <laughs> no, 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 it's the other way. Around. Nah, you, the other way around. That's that's the only thing that you can live with. Then I guess we can talk about the first frauds here. First oh, frauds God. of the season. The Miami Dolphins. I can't really call them frauds. Like th- those were, I'm willing to give them and Pittsburgh to an extent a pass because of the conditions they played in. You know how you wouldn't get those conditions. What was that? If you hadn't blundered the division in the second overall seed versus the Bills. Yeah. You're not wrong. Hurts. You're not wrong about that. You're, not I, I, you're acting like I picked them. I didn't pick them. I knew what was going to no, happen. No, you, you didn't like pick I, them. You pick them on the spread, though. Just like just like I know I know that Kansas City is about to beat Buffalo. And you just, you're just going to have to accept that. Mm, I'm going to push back on that, but we'll see. We'll see. You're going to have to accept it. You're going to have to accept it. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean... Uh, as I said, the minute this team faced adversity, it was done. And here they faced an adversity in terms of the weather. And I know you'll say it was extreme and it was all of this and all of that. But Mahomes' it's... helmet literally cracked underneath the cold. Yes, that is true. However, I would point out that maybe that's not a complete excuse for your offense just completely shutting down. Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, Mahomes and the Kansas City offense still put up, what, 26 points? Yeah, 26 points. Pacheco still went off. looks really good. Pacheco still went 24 yards, uh, 24 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Mahomes still threw for a touchdown, threw for 262 yards. And it's funny that coaches will show you what they think of their QBs when when the going gets rough. And I think you saw that with Tua. And it was, they needed to throw the ball and win the game. Because the the game plan at first wasn't that conservative. Because they really didn't rush the ball that much. Like, they rushed the ball six times with A-Chain. And they rushed the ball eight times with Mustard. And that's basically it. And it's like, you look at the game plan for passing. And it's all short stuff. It's like... The coach knows that the QB can't really make those big dip throws. 
So it's just oh, like stop it's just it. gonna be the the. It short was negative like twenty. Why would you want to throw that ball deep? Because you're losing the game and you need to make a big play. This team lived off the big plays more than any other team in the league. And when the going it's got rough, twenty. Yes. It was negative twenty, Alex. Yes, it was. But you know what team also threw the ball and let their QB take the chances? The Kansas City Chiefs. You know what? Because they trust their QB in the playoffs. Oh, and I'm God. sorry to tell you, but I'm pretty sure that Mike McDaniels knows what he has in Tua. And he doesn't trust Tua completely. And this is now. And this is now. The the Dolphins haven't won a single playoff game since 2000. It is what it is, man. This team was never built. It's. It's a team that was built for the regular season, and it's fun because the offense is explosive, and they'll get the big plays, and Tyreek Hill is fun, and they have Mostert, and they have Achan, and it's all fun. It's all fun and dandy with this team. But in the regular season, when the ro- when the going got rough, when they got to the playoffs, it was over. I mean, unless they were playing at home every single game. You know this team would have zero chance at actually doing anything in the playoffs. And it's just sad. Really. Well, then they had to go to Kansas City. That was negative 20 at the time. Yes. You know what they should have done? They should have beat Buffalo. I don't disagree with that. But, I mean, saying that this is a huge statement when they played in, like, on ideal weather, it's not... It's really not. It's, it's not okay. just like it's one thing to lose because you're playing in that weather. It's another thing that your offense that was just so highly touted scored like seven points at less than what two hundred and fifty yards of total offense. Uh, yeah, it's just good. like I can understand if like they took a small downgrade, but they went from being it's, like I don't know. Like, to be honest, most of their guys are skinny, fast dudes. You took a cheetah and you put him in the tundra. That, yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So maybe win games to win your division. I guess it's that simple. Huh? I, don't, I don't disagree with that. They should have won against Buffalo. But don't worry, Kansas City's got them. Maybe. It's not even Buffalo, but I don't know. Maybe beat the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe beat the Tennessee Titans. Maybe beat, I don't know, the Chiefs when the the conditions weren't that bad. Maybe beat the other fraud team that I guess we can talk about next, the Philadelphia Eagles. So how about those Eagles, Angelo? Pretty rough. Yeah. The defense was, I think the defense was more disappointing than the offense. Because... The defense like looked like it couldn't stop anything. No, it, it didn't the just offense... look. They couldn't stop anyone. <laughs> they couldn't stop you and me, probably. Oh, that's pretty rough, dude. I think I, you might be a little too harsh on the on the Eagles' defense right now. Too harsh. Too yes, harsh. Too harsh. 
Too you know, harsh. You know what Ray Lewis said when uh, Ray Lewis joined the the Manning cast when when the game was going on. So he joined the the Manning brothers uh, in their last red co- in that last broadcast. Uh huh. And this is what he said. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and I'll quote. Guys, listen, let me say this. Practicing tackling every day is based on angles. When you see the angles of these guys wrong. and the way they approach tackling, it's crazy. Like, nobody plays together. Put them in a cup. If you put them guys in a cup, you're not going to see big plays like this. But, but everybody's playing individual ball. And that's insane to me. And he was just going off and off and off and off. And it's like, um, he had like more quotes about it. And it's like, he also said, that's why sometimes I get outside and I go sit on my water because I can't deal with this type of stuff, Peyton. Like what? Like, it's crazy. Like, he Are was you telling off. me that Ray Lewis said that the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense was so shit that he couldn't watch them anymore? Yes. He, he essentially said that he was done watching that. And it was just, it was a disgrace, to be honest. Like you look at that defense, and there's like there's touchdowns there. The touchdown with Trey Palmer. Like you're paying millions of dollars to James Bradbury, and you're paying millions of dollars for a guy that you trade during the season in Kevin Bayard, and those two guys were put in a blender by a rookie, what rookie sixth rounder? Like completely evaded James Bradbury. I thought he was a one year. What? Palmer, Trey Palmer, is he really a rookie? Yeah, rookie. I thought he was uh, like a one year. I, I think, I think is. I think you're confusing. You're confusing them with Joshua Palmer, probably. Probably the guy from the Chargers. I believe he's uh-huh. a second year player. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Trey Palmer is Multiple the rookie Palmer. from the from the from the Buccaneers. Okay, go on. And I mean, it was just a disgrace. Like everything down the middle, it was an easy completion. They couldn't really stop the run. They didn't really even look like like they were trying, to be honest. Like Rashad White just could get the ball at will. The one big thing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is like they couldn't run down the middle throughout the whole season, regular season, and their fans were pretty upset about it because the game plan seemed very conservative. You watched like the first few plays of that drive, and it's like they could do whatever they want. If they want to run down the middle, they can. I mean, the first play, it went, like, for nine yards. I run down the middle. If they want to pass down the middle, it's okay. They can get it. I mean, Kate Houghton got, like, three big plays down the middle. And, like, the game was 32-9. And although it was a bit closer than that for most of the game, because I believe, like, enter for most of the third quarter, like, it was 16-9. So it wasn't really that far away in terms of like how the score ended and how most of the game went. Yeah. But you really yeah. didn't saw a whole lot of fight in this Eagles team. It felt like a team that knew what I said all along. That they were frauds and they weren't really there to play the game. They were just there to get it done yeah. with because they didn't really think they had a chance this year. So, so this must have been like Alex's Christmas. Like quite honestly oh, like, it was. If Jason, if Jason Kelsey after he retired by the way he retired Retired yes. would have got on the podium and would have been like, "Yeah, I can't do this anymore. We were frauds. Alex is right. He was always right, and you should watch No Reserves Radio instead of our podcast. Alex is never wrong. Like that's the only thing that Jason could have said that would have made this day happier for you. Yes, that would have been a miracle. 
And and he should have done it to be honest. I mean, it's it's oh okay God. to admit. It's okay to admit when when like things are just that evident. It was just a disgrace, man. And this leads me to the question: What's next for the Eagles? What you do think you they think? They knew that this was going to be Jason Kelsey's last game, and they decided to play like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, our they best. Took that player. information, they're like, yeah, we'll we'll make sure this one's one you'll never forget, Jason. Don't worry, yeah. buddy. <laughs> and he he was he was very pumped that it was going to be in a good sense, and it sort of didn't went that way. <laughs> So, did you see anything from that Eagles game? Yeah, Devonta Smith is definitely the wide receiver that Jalen trusts. I mean, it didn't really have another one, so... <laughs> A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown missed the game. He wasn't out there. Oh, he missed Oh, he missed the game! I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's being the diva or something, because now he has removed... Every single thing that connects him to the Philadelphia Eagles on their on his bios and all of that—it's just that old shit show that it's coming. Did they give him like a, what's his contract? Did they just give him like two years ago a yeah, max deal? Yeah, like, they did. They did. So <laughs> that's gonna be a fun one, huh? So wait a minute. So now, so right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are managing Jason Kelsey's retirement. They just got embarrassed in the playoff game. The city of Philadelphia is like. I, I listened to the clip you you sent me. They're calling for everyone's heads. AJ Brown wants out. Jalen Hurts, granted, like he was kind of hobbled. Like during the end, this is this is where I messed up. During the end, Jason J- Jason Jalen Hurts had like every injury on the book. It felt like there's no way he entered that game anywhere close to a hundred percent. And I think the fact that he only rushed it one time for five yards is kind of telling of that. But Jalen Hurts looked the worst he looked. Jason Kelsey retired. A.J. Brown wants out. The defense looked absolutely putrid. What do you do? What's next for the Eagles? You know, honestly, it should be just that Nick Sirianni should get fired. I don't think so. That's way too extreme. It's funny how we forget sometimes... Like, how things started. Because it's like you're going on a trip. And it's like you really don't want to go on the trip. But then, along the trip, like, you see some fun stuff. And you have you have fun. Oh, but when oh you arrive God. to the destination, it's like, it's just as bad as you thought it was going to be. And it, it, we forget why we didn't like things in the first. And it's like, when Nick Sirianni got announced as the coach, he got some pushback. Like, he was inexperienced, the whole fan base wasn't behind the hiring, then you get the press conference and it's like it's Adam Gase to the Jets level of bad, and people are people aren't happy with that. People aren't too happy, but then, then he gets, he gets um, the Colts' current head coach, uh, Shane Steichen, and he gets uh, Gannon, the current Arizona Cardinals head coach. As coordinators for the offense and the defense, respectively. And things go pretty well. I mean, he has a stout team. Like, the team is well-built. The defense is nice. Patricia they been get announced fired Bowl. yet? What? Has Matt Patricia been announced fired yet? Because that should be the No, no, no. I mean, I don't know how you even keep the guy in play after everything that happened on the line. But here we are. I'm, I'm shocked that... The both coaches in the in the NFC East are still employed, uh, but we'll get to that. 
And it's like, you get to the Super Bowl and it seems like all bygones are bygones. But then you, you reach to the destination of your trip. And it's like, this season, the season starts and there's no, like, super coordinator there to save you. Like, he makes two bad hires in both the offense and the defense. And the offense is like, they know five plays. The, the playbook, you know how you sometimes watch the games and it's like you watch an Andy Reid playbook and that playbook looks like a menu from a very bad restaurant that has every single dish in the world there. And it's like, yeah. whichever one you pick, you're going to get disappointed because no restaurant knows how to make and can like make in a, in a good way, can make like, I don't know, 150 dishes. And right, maybe right. if you had looked at uh, the Eagles play calling, like the play calling sheet, you would see maybe five dishes. So you think, okay, this is a nice restaurant. But no, this is not a restaurant. This is the NFL. And the, the offense knew five plays all way, all, all goddamn year. And it's like, they all, they just knew how to do that. And as Ray Lewis eviscerated the Eagles defense, Peyton Manning eviscerated the Eagles offense because they had no clue how to adjust. Like, zero blitz, no protection, like no extra protection. It's five guys versus seven. Coaches are just completely okay with that. No sort of like a dump off opportunity for Jalen Hurts. Nothing of that. It's like if they see zero man blitz, it's like if they see eight, seven guys blitzing. The answer to that all season was Jalen Hurts, you figured it out. Run for it. I don't care. It's like you do you. That's a terrible scheme and a terrible coaching. And there's like no adjustment whatsoever. So now we get reminded why we didn't want to go in the trip in the first, in the for, for starters. And it's like, because this guy is not a good coach. All he does is just go to the media, say that he's sorry, start crying about it or get really, really emotional as he, as he was in the Super Bowl. But he doesn't do anything. He like he makes no adjustment. He made no adjustment to his coaching staff all year. It's like it's terrible. That's I, terrible I actually, coaching. So I decided, like while you were going on your little rant, to to Google, uh, just Philadelphia Eagles. That's all I googled. And one of the first things is Lane Johnson says Eagles didn't do shit to address struggles prior to playoff loss. Embarrassing. Exactly. See, even the. Players are saying that. It's like, it's pretty visible to everyone. And I'm not even an Eagles fan. I don't follow the Eagles that closely. But just watching the games every single week, it just looked like they weren't really doing anything to improve. Like, yeah, they got to 11-1. and And I just sat here and I said they were frauds. Then they won, what, one game the rest of the season or no games the rest of the season. And they get to the playoffs, they get humiliated. And I'm still here sitting and saying that they are frauds because they were frauds the every Eagles single part of the season. The Eagles collapse was inevitable. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. It's just like... And I think he should get fired, to be honest. And I'm shocked that he wasn't fired yet. Jalen Hurts doesn't give Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni strong endorsements after playoff. Let's see what he said. I mean, he shouldn't get strong endorsements either. I mean, it's like... Dude... Uh, you know there were plenty of doubts about you prior to the Super Bowl. You know how you had like that one year that was pretty good. I mean, he wasn't the, the MVP conversation. He got to the Super Bowl. Pretty strong year. But it feels to me like a guy who got like way too overhyped. Like we sort of forgot what he was prior to last season. 
maybe confidence with everyone that. in this building. I just it's just a matter of us playing clean football, and that's been something we haven't done. Was Jalen Hurts' words? Yeah. And I mean, maybe yeah, it was just hurt. I mean, his finger and his throwing hand wasn't that good. That's, it was really messed up. I was about to say. I was about to say. I, I, I'm maybe I'm giving too many passes here, but I'm kind of like you. Kind of saw the injuries pile up to Jalen Hurts at the end of the season. That like, I think the fact that he finished with one rush for five yards is the most telling thing. Like. Ever. Like as, he consistently got you. ten plus carries every single game going into the final weeks. No, th- this man the game was just like so bad for the Eagles that they tried I think it was just one tush push in a two point conversion and right. the Bucks stopped it. That's how well the game went for the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he should get fired. Sirianni should get fired. The whole staff should be fired. So here's a question then, since this is technically a both show. If AJ Brown goes, like how far is the Devonta Smith hype train gonna go? Uh like should I should I know, get straddled up or, or is it about to fall off a cliff? Like, you know, I always was Sort of a big fan for Devonta Smith. I liked him since college. You weren't that big into him because you had the concerns regarding the size, which I was wrong. I was one hundred percent wrong. In fact, I no, was but, so but wrong. I've, acqui- I've acquired him in multiple leagues. That's how yes. I, I admit it. I was wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm not so sure that he is a team's number one, and he can be. He can be a team number one, but I'm not so sure that, that he can game. be. A- yeah, but it's in that game, and the Bucks defense wasn't. It's not that the Bucks defense isn't good; it's that they take way too many risks when blitzing, and it opens so, up to the big plays that Devonta Smith got a couple. So I have, I have, I have a theory. As far as, in fact, I'll wait, I'll wait until the the Cowboys play because this applies more to the Cowboys than it does the Eagles. So let's go on. Uh, if we're talking about fantasy football, and while we're here. I would yep. say that the Jason Kelsey, and I'm not sure if that's been confirmed that he's retired. I believe the report was that yes. he admitted to the teammates uh, that yes. he was going to retire. I yep. think it's nothing official yet. But if he does go, I'm not so sure if that doesn't impact Jalen Hurts' value in Dynasty. I mean, they still have Lane Johnson. They still have Jordan Maiata. I can't say his name. Maiata. Maiata, yeah. So, I mean, they still have the semblance of a very solid offensive line. Yeah, but, like, what really made Jalen Hurts as good of a fantasy asset was the dush push at the end of the day. It's like it's getting those one, two-yard touchdowns. And I'm not so sure if the dush push will be as effective without Kelsey. Jason Kelsey is going to announce his retirement and he's going to be the Eagles' new offensive line coordinator. I could see it, to be honest. <laughs> I could do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, if there's someone that I can see that just retires and immediately gets back to football because the dude seems to live and breathe football, it's Jason Kelsey. So one of the things, because uh, we were talking about this, uh, we have a separate group chat that we 
talk about sports sometimes. But one of the things that me, Ren, Austin, and Cameron were talking about is the Jason Kelsey retirement makes sense to me. Like, Jason Kelsey loves football. Absolutely loves football. But he hates, like, the pageantry, the, like, three games, the three game suit, all that fun stuff. He, do- he doesn't like any of that. He likes the game. He just likes the game. He doesn't like the travel, and he has three kids and a super successful podcast, probably a top three podcast on Spotify as far as the sports realm goes. He's fine, regardless of if he gets a coordinator spot or not. So the retirement makes sense. Let's let's turn it around. How long do you think then Travis Kelsey is is for this NFL world? Uh, Travis, I think he plays a few more years. But I'm not I, so this sure is what I said. I said that Travis Kelsey is probably specifically saying to chase Gronk and Rings. I, I don't see another incentive. Uh, he won't be out there, though, will he? To Gronk? Yeah. I mean, I think he has an argument as far as being the GOAT tight end longer with Gronk, don't you? Yeah, I think he has an argument. I'm just not sure if he can get to Grob Gronkowski's uh, amount of rings. All right. I don't. He's not chasing his rings. He's chasing to get to Gronk and to get more. Rings, oh, what I was okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying that he was. Re- he was looking. No, for he's the not trying to get to six. He's he's okay. trying to get more rings to solidify his argument, and he's trying to chase Gronk as far as that goat argument goes. Okay, got it. Yeah, I I think at most it's like a couple of years, to be honest, because he do. doesn't seem like the type of guy that wants to get that hurt about football. It's like. He seems to always be sort of a relatively healthy guy, and he knows when not to take hits, and he's a very smart player in terms of, like, field awareness. You can see that. Cameron said, um, tell me if you disagree with this or agree with this. Over the last year or two, Jason, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey does not look like he has the same go that he used to in previous seasons. Yeah, I'm not so sure that he does either. I think it is more just like... And it's tough because I'm not saying that he doesn't care about football. I think there's definitely other priorities in his life right now. I'm not saying that football isn't at the top of the list yet or still. But it's definitely not as like a unique of a priority as it was. Funny enough, I think Travis is kind of the opposite of, of Jason. Where Jason loves the... Like football aspect of football, I think Travis likes more of the pageantry and the the presentation, and he still loves to go out and win football games. So that's real. <laughs> but but as yeah. far as like game day fit, Travis is amazing. Yeah, I think like Travis is more geared towards the out of field type of stuff around football, and Kelsey's more about just like the game itself. Yeah, so. At the end of the day, I think a couple more years, and I also think he calls it a career. But yeah, it, I can see it, that. Things too. can change in the NFL. Like I don't know, maybe if they win a Super things Bowl, things change fast in the NFL. Maybe if they win the Super Bowl, maybe he just calls it quick. Maybe if they win the Super Bowl, he just gets even a bigger drive and wants to go for more. So I don't know. It sort of depends. Things are just way too fluid in the NFL right now. Yeah. I'd say maybe two more seasons of Kelsey, and that's it. And I think one thing that will be telling is when do you see uh, the Chiefs properly uh, target the tight end position? 
via the draft, for example, when you start to see those, like the cracks, that's when you know that it might be coming. So teams will tell you what they think about the players as well and what they think. I mean, the, Travis the has a lot of glowing things to say about Noah Gray. So depending on... Maybe he's I'm it, not, yeah. I'm not sure how old Noah Gray is right now, but depending on how old he is, maybe their plan is just to do another, you know, Travis Kelsey where they get someone late, later in their career, you know? Mm. We'll yeah. see. See what Noah Brown is right now. Noah, I agree. Oh, not Noah Brown. Noah Gray. While we're here doing the football podcast, I think you, you have some other news to talk about. When He's you're 24. That, he could very well be that. At, at in two years, that'll put him at 26. That could very well be the answer. Yeah. But as I was saying, I think you'll have some news to talk about in the NBA show. So just a small teaser. I'm not sure if you've seen Twitter yet. No, I have not. Okay. And now I'm Googling so, NBA to see what this is. But, but a, a big trade happened. Uh, Not sure if you if you want to tease, so I won't say anything. It doesn't come up when you put NBA. Let's see NBA trade. Huh. Okay, maybe that pops up, or just check Woj's Twitter. Woj's Twitter. Woj's Twitter. I'm surprised Woj's it doesn't mom. pop up. Yeah. Oh. Brent is going to be a happy, happy boy. Yeah, he's from Indiana, isn't he? Or he's a Pacers fan, I guess. So, yeah. Some more things for you guys to talk about. Uh, That coming Sunday. Coming Sunday. Tune in, guys. And they will discuss the trade that just happened. So, I'm going to have to... Do some research on that. But anyway, go on. Sorry. What were you going to... You want to uh, keep dunking on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles since you like doing that? Uh, I, think, I think the Eagles are just about oh. done here. I think they should... Oh, you're done? Sirianni. You're done? You, you, you yeah, beat the dead yeah, horse yeah. to the ground? I beat the dead horse to the Is ground. Is it dead? Like, it's not coming back, Alex? Are you sure? Just miserable offense. Absolutely miserable defense. And this is what I thought the Eagles would be. So sure. I feel vindicated, finally. Be sure about that, and I guess we'll talk about the other game that I also feel vindicated about. Whoa. But how about them Cowboys as well, Angelo? Yeah, how about the Cowboys? You remember what I said about this game when we were calling it? I said, if I'm not mistaken, you will know how this game goes by the end of like the second drive of each team. Because you will know if Jordan Love is on. Because when Jordan Love is on, he's probably a top 12 QB in the NFL right now. And yeah. if he's out, I mean, then you know that the, the Packers are out. And you saw the first drive, and it's like, Love was precise with his passing. He was effective with his passing. Dallas couldn't really stop the run. Like Aaron Jones, at some point on Wikipedia, Aaron Jones appeared as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, which was hilarious, to be honest. And, like, you watched the Cowboys, and you just knew it was a regular choking playoff game by the Cowboys. And it, it is what it is, man. It just ended up playing that way. Like, the whole game never really looked like the Cowboys had any sort of chance. And much like the Eagles, it looked like the Cowboys knew that 
this wasn't really their year and they were frauds. So if that could come out and say just like Alex was right, all of that thing, I would appreciate it as well. Um, but maybe it's just hard to admit, like, they are known chokers. They will continue to be chokers. And this is what it is, man. It's just like Dallas isn't a good football team. Okay, it's okay. Like, Okay, okay, I'm going to give Dallas a little bit of flowers. At least they didn't go down like the Eagles. The Eagles look lost. Dallas at least tried to fight. Yeah, man. Um, the thing is, when the game mattered, the Cowboys pretty much gave no fight. Like, yeah. when that game mattered, uh, Dak had, what, like, under two 200 picks. yards passing, two picks. Yeah. So, yeah, he ends up with 400 yards, but that's, like, that's empty calories. That's, like... You're hearing a bunch of like junk food, and you're not really gaining anything from it outside of fat. So yeah, that's just like it's empty calories, man. When the game mattered, they got completely blown out of the water, and that really didn't do anything outside of just throwing the pick six to Darnell it, Savage. I'm gonna keep going back to fantasy. Romeo Dobbs is his stock just like did it, did it just like go through the roof? Like, am I am I not looking at the ceiling? Is it just gonna keep going? Uh, uh, I think it's tough because it's, you think it's, it's tough? a weird. Yeah, I think it's a weird game. Like, Jordan Love threw the ball twenty one times. Of, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like Jaden Reed didn't have a single reception, and Jaden Reed is, has been for the most part of the season their best wide receiver. Yep. So I think it's just a weird game, like. They managed to run the ball pretty well. They got the chance. They got to wherever was open. Like there wasn't really a one wide receiver. It's just like whichever guy was open, Jordan Love was making the play. Yep. And it happened to be Romeo Dubs. Next over week, maybe it is over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a good game. Next week, maybe my... it's. Jay- are you? Are you? Are you predicting the Packers to beat the 49ers? No, no, I don't think they oh, beat okay, the 49ers. Okay. Okay. Maybe okay. next week okay. it's like it's Jaden Reed or it's Christian Watson or it, or maybe it's Bo Melton or Dontavian Wicks who has the big, the big game. I think it's really fluid with the Packers offense. I think over the course of a season, Jaden Reed is probably the guy that is the most consistent out of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like any one of these guys can have a big game. Uh-huh. So this was just like Romeo Dubs' big week. But yeah, that leads me to what do you do now with the Cowboys? So uh, one of the things that came up when I Google searched uh, Philadelphia Eagles, which is kind of funny, is that the Dallas Cowboys will be making changes to the staff. So Oh, no shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Next thing you're telling me that a pick can fly, man. I swear, like, so, Talking news. Apparently, uh, Jerry Jones not too happy with the way his season ended. But back to my theory is, so, like, there's different ways to play defense. There are, like, bend but don't break. There are, like, stifling defense. The Dallas defense was predicated on taking huge risk and getting good rewards. That's why you had one of their DBs lead the league in pick sixes. So. The con of having that is you open yourself up to a bunch of big plays happening and they just kept happening over and over and over again and none of the risk ever paid off. 
I mean, it's it's good to try and rationalize things, I guess. <laughs> okay. But that but that's a really fun way of saying that the way that they play defense is not playing defense. I mean, it's true. At the end of the day. <laughs> it's true, though. And, I mean, if if there's one thing that I'm grateful about this game, it's that I won't have Dan Quinn as the Seahawks head coach anymore because that was a possibility. And God forbid that happened because that would be terrible. I've seen Dan Quinn-led Falcons, and without an offensive genius in Shanahan, it went really badly. So, yeah, this is the type of defense. I mean, the Dan Quinn defense... Looks good on paper sometimes. It's a basic defense. It's pretty basic. Because, because they have nine interceptions in one guy, the Ron Bland, who is really yep. not that good, but he gets the pick sixes. So yep. it just masquerades. He took risks. Just, like, just, like just, like just like Diggs. Just like Diggs. Yeah, just like Diggs, it takes risks. And he has Micah Parsons, just being Micah Parsons. Right. So it's, it's not that hard to coach a defense and to have like a meaningful defense on the playoffs uh, when you have those sort of pieces around. But when you get to the playoffs, I mean, it just, everything gets exposed, man. It's just everything. Like what, what was the one thing that the, that, that the Dallas Cowboys struggled on offense every single game this year, basically running the ball, yeah, running the ball. What did he achieve running the ball this year, this, this week versus the Packers? I believe it was 11 rushes for 56 yards and a touchdown from Tony Pollard. I forgot what everyone else said. Actually, 15 carries, 56 yards, 3.7 yards per carry, one touchdown. Yes, and a long of 11 yards. Outside of that, I mean, Dak managed to run quite a bit. That's actually a pretty good long, I'm not going to lie, especially on 56. That means he was getting stifled a lot to that 11 yards. If you take that out, it's 14 yards for, what, 45 yards. It's 14 yeah. carries for 45 yards. Yeah. It's really bad. So, um, yeah, they couldn't run the ball. And when they were passing, Dak just made way too many mistakes at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I guess you can say the first pick wasn't totally on him. It was a very weak route by Brendan Cooks. But, I mean, the throw was still made, and it wasn't the greatest of throws. What the fuck happened between him and C.D. Lamb? Like, like, did they get in a fight? Like, they were, they were like, it was like C.D. Lamb every week. 100 yards, 100 yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, touchdowns. Like, and now it's just, they, could, they couldn't, like, connect? What happened? Yeah, they were talking about a lot in the broadcast. I'm not sure if it was ever explained why it wasn't clicking that day. But, like, second half came, and it sort of clicked, but it sort of clicked in the garbage time portion of the game. Yeah. It just felt like they were out of sync. CD was, wasn't was looking like the happiest guy on earth when he was sitting down at the sidelines. Even Mike McCarthy went went out to, to talk with him. No. Uh, I'm not sure what happened, man, really. Like, nothing really came out being reported of what happened. I, it just felt like a half game. They just decided that this was the time they were not going to be uh, in sync and it was, uh, yeah. you know, in the, in the playoff probably game. Probably the biggest moment. Of don't worry, season. guys. Don't worry, guys. We secured your fantasy ring. We're just not yeah. going to secure our playoff win. Maybe maybe they just think this is a regular season. We'll get him next week. We'll get him next week. 
in Cancun. Psych. Jesus. Oh. So Jake Ferguson, three touchdowns. I believe he had almost 100 yards. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. 93. Yeah, he had almost 100. Okay. Is his stock up or down? I'm going to talk about basically one player every game. Fuck it. There's nothing of joy that's coming out of any of these games, so might as well. Uh, I don't think it moved at all, to be honest. Like, if you watch the game, two of those touchdowns were in garbage time when they were down, I don't know, like 48 to 20 (laughs) or something. It's like the Packers weren't really even trying at that point. So I don't think it moved the needle that much. He got a few big plays, but it was like, it is what it is, man. It was yeah. didn't really change the game a whole lot. I wouldn't be shocked if it's just the same next year. I think he's a good tight end. I'm just not sure if he's consistent Dude. enough to be a top, what, six, five option. And if you're not a top five option, it's like, it's a crapshoot, a tight end. It's like one week, week you can yeah, go off and have a week like this. I think he's... As far as tight ends go, because tight end has a lot of variability from week to week, I think he was fairly consistent. Yeah, he had the dud weeks, but he had a lot of really good weeks. Yeah, he had a lot of good weeks, but he had other weeks in which he did nothing. And I'm not saying that he he lost you the week or, or anything like that. But it's still like, for example, if you look at the games down the line, it's like, Week 13, he had a 16.7 fantasy points in FPPR. He had six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. After that, he had 9.7, 7.4, 6.5, 5.3, 9.9. He didn't achieve double-digit points in any single one of those weeks from 14 to 18 in FPPR. Here's the thing. The tight end position was so weak, I bet all of those, or if not two-thirds of those performances were top top 10 tight end performances. Am I wrong or right? Yeah, maybe they were. I'm not checking that here. Okay. Uh, But, like, my point is just, like, it's, there's, like, the the best way to put it, it's, like, there's 20 top 10 tight ends. When you put it like that, it's, like, there's 20 guys who any single week can give you, like, seven points or nine points, so... It's just like, I'm not saying he's, he's not... Travis Kelsey. I'm saying, like, as far as options go, there are a lot worse out there. Yeah, there are for sure. It's just like, I don't think he's a top five option. And at this point, I think the star in the helmet and I don't like the big that, games that he had. Quite honestly, I don't know if I can even say that. So, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. I- I'm struggling to think of consistent tight ends after that. Laporta. Laporta. Oh, how can I forget Laporta? Laporta. And uh, who's your after two? That, uh, Kelsey? Uh, Kelsey, no. Uh, Kittle? Maybe. Kittle was yeah, sort of consistent we'll put Kittle. from the opportunity. We'll, we'll put Kittle, yeah. We'll put Kittle, yeah. After that, who else do you have? After do you really that... struggle to find, like, I don't know. Uh, Hawkinson? Hard. Oh, how am I forget Hawk? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you are. Right. Maybe there are. There are. Ingram this year, for example, he had like 130. Yeah, yeah Ingram had had, but I don't know catches. if I consider him a consistent top five. But yeah, I, okay. So yeah, that, no. is, that is a solid top five. But it's like, it's a mix of guys after top five. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, guys that you I, trust I point, week yeah. in, week out, and the rest, it's like, it's whatever. And at this point, you might be being premium based on what he had on wildcard week and the star, the star on the helmet in general. 
So I don't yeah. think it's really worth the price. I think if you have them, you either manage to sell off the hype. I'm not saying that you sell them at all costs, but you will no, no, either no. sell them off the hype or you just keep them in. But you know that the ceiling and the like week-to-week output won't be like the best in the world. Won't be a top five yeah, guy, that's probably. Fair. That's fair. All right. So you, you want to talk and about another game I was wrong about? There's only one more. No, I, I just wanted to hand the, the Dallas Cowboys game with one thing, one comparison oh, okay. that I saw online. And okay. since you're into NBA quite a lot, uh-huh, I think yeah. this one will be fun. Mike okay. McCarty, and let me know if you trust this or not. Mike McCarty is the NFL's version of, of Doc Rivers. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I, I think Doc Rivers. Okay, I think Doc Rivers is a better coach, but yes, it's the, just the, like the, the context that they are trying to make. Yes, one hundred percent. It's like it's living off of that one Super Bowl that was carried by star players, and it's yeah. like you're still living off of that one. You're like not you're not that great of a coach. You're a good coach at times. You sometimes overachieve on the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, you just know it's done. That's You're fair. not that guy. That's fair. Um, oh, that hurts. Is Mike <laughs> McCarthy fired yet? No, it should be, but he hasn't been fired yet. Which I'm surprised. So, what are these staff changes that Dallas is talking about? We'll see uh, what happens those will probably Cowboys. happen sometime soon. I'm not sure if they have Jack fired anyone fired? yet. It's funny that when sitting at the podium, Dak was like, yeah, if you're letting go of McCarty, then I should probably be on the hot seat as well. If Mike McCarty is on the hot seat, I should <laughs> oh, probably no. be as well. And this it's like, yeah, but you should. <laughs> this isn't you a good should, sign. <laughs> Sports, inter- Sports Illustrated reported seven hours ago. Mike McCarthy job interview scheduled. Can coach avoid firing? Oh no! Yeah, buddy. Oh. Bye bye. Dan Quinn bye is bye. gone from top candidate to consolation prize. Oh, that's that hurts. Bye bye, Dan Quinn. Get out of my Seahawks, please. Get out. Get out. Oh, this is painful. Scrolling. Bye bye. Oh no. Oh, here, here's. Let me read this. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones sends clear message to players. Let's see. Jones told his players they had everything needed to win, and they can't keep allowing the way they current, the way they feel currently to happen. Maybe it starts at the top, buddy. The scene of the Dallas Cowboys locker room clean out day on Monday was similar to Sunday's post game at AT and T Stadium. <laughs> Quiet and solemn. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just imagining the guys like packing up, not saying a word, just sitting there packing their stuff quietly. It hasn't been 24 hours, and I'm still in shock. Dallas Cowboys cornerback Jordan Lewis said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I love it, man. It's always frustrating. The end goal for any team is to get to the Super Bowl, so. For most teams like us, we always want to get to the Super Bowl. It's disappointing. It's a messed up feeling, Cowboys wide receiver Cavante Turpin said. 
Everybody around here is frustrated because we weren't supposed to laugh. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. It's just... It's, it's great, man. It's great. Like, the salt in the Dallas Cowboys fans. It's just... It's great. I love it. And the players. They are just, like, absolutely flabbergasted. And I love it. I can't oh, wait when man. we're sitting here next year and it's the exact same thing. Man, that was that was a, that was a good read. <laughs> yes, the last game we need to talk about because there's not a whole lot to say about the the Josh Allen and the, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they did their thing. It's like it's the one game which like you never really expected the Pittsburgh Steelers to do anything. Like, you watch that game, and it's like, they never really had a chance. So, I no, think that didn't. one is like... It's they went in with Mason Rudolph in blizzard yeah. conditions. They had no chance. Yeah. And Rudolph, to be frank, and to be honest to him, he had a few nice throws that kept the Steelers on the ga- in, in the game for longer than they That's should. True. But at the end That's of the true. day, it's like... It, doesn't really matter man no one really expected it's like it's probably the worst team that made the playoffs it's the Steelers because their teams like the Eagles are not a good team the Cowboys are not a good team but it, you at least knew that they had the pieces to try here's and make a question for you here's, here's a curious question for you obviously it didn't work out this way but would you have rather seen that Steelers team go into Buffalo or would you rather would have rather seen and maybe maybe I'm just smoking on the copium. Would you have rather seen the Jake Browning led Bengals going into Buffalo versus the Steelers? No, I think that Jack the Jake Browning led Bengals would have given a bigger show. I don't think the end result would be any different. But no, I no, think yeah. it I'm, would I'm just saying the bro. offense played would be a bit better. So I think it would yeah. make the game a bit better overall. Yeah. Interesting. No. Yeah, I think like the Steelers making it in. It's like it's the difference between good coaching and Nick Sirianni at the end of the day. Oh, it's the it's difference like, between good coaching and Nick Sirianni. Oh, it's no. it's it's really easy to coach oh, when like no. you haven't been figured out yet and like when you have the super team and everything just oh, goes right. Man. But when shit hits the fan, that's when you see the truly good coaches. And it's like the. I think we just found the title of today's episode. Oh my god! The difference between (laughs) good coaching and Nick Sirianni. Oh man! Yeah, I mean uh, the difference is just like when you get figured out, it's how you adjust, and it's knowing that in this league you don't last long unless you adjust. So you you need to be constantly on it. And like Sirianni clearly yeah. wasn't. And when he got figured out and when things got rough, he just had no clue what to do. And on the other side, on like in the Pittsburgh side of the of the the equation here and the, the coaching equation, it's like Tomlin is just Tomlin is a great coach. He just wills teams into the playoffs and into winning records when they have really no business in doing so. I mean, it's a team led by Mason Rudolph. Who had Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator for most of the season? It's just like they had no TJ Watt. They had really nothing to write home about this game, and they still weren't as out on this game as the the Eagles were versus the Bucks. So, 
it is what it is, man. Maybe the Eagles should get a good coach. Bill Belichick to the oh. Eagles. How about that? Bill Belichick is rumored everywhere. I yeah. so Bill Belichick got. We haven't talked about the latest running of firings, have we? What? Didn't get the bill. That. We didn't talk about the Bill Belichick firing, did we? I think we did, didn't we? Oh, we did. Okay, oh, we, we talked just about talked that about the Carol. Because oh no, did. No, we didn't get to talk about the Pete Carroll firings and all of that, did we? No, we didn't. So let's oh, talk okay, about okay, that okay, now. Okay, we, got okay. some, we got some actual good head coaches to talk about today. Yeah. The difference yeah. between Nick Sirianni and the great coaches now. Yeah. So Bill Belichick got fired. He's rumored to everywhere, but the biggest one is the Falcons. A, how do you feel about that? And B, where do you think the ideal fit for Bill Belichick is? I honestly like the idea of the Falcons. Uh, I don't necessarily love that they have no like QB available right now that he can take over and make like a case for because we've seen that developing the younger QBs and like Mac Jones, but that wasn't that great for him. But maybe that's just because the team around him wasn't that great, and I think the Falcons have a better roster. That he can manage, and I'm not so sure that it, which like whichever team he goes to, I'm not so sure that he has like the entirety of player personnel decisions. So I think the Falcons would be a good choice. Then I think it would be probably either the Commanders, as I've said before. I think it's like the best job available, or the Eagles. Now that it's open, a sneaky one would be Dallas because I Eagles just... are open. They will be. They will be. They will be. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. This guy. What do you think, though? Where do you think Bill Belichick lands? That's a really, really tough call. And do you think, like, whichever place he lands, do you think he will still have player personnel decisions? Like, he will be the GM yes. and the coach. So, okay, so here's 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 my crazy theory. I think he goes to the Chargers. Because, yes, because the Chargers are the Bill Belichick team. You need a good quarterback with... A defense that has good players but has not been performing and is terrible in situational football. Bill Belichick is good at all those things. Coaching defense, situational football. And they have a shit cap space to boot, so it's something he's already used to. So, yeah. So we should, the Chargers, what you're telling me is that he probably should go to the Cowboys or the Eagles. Think that Bill would they fit like... all of the descriptions. I agree with that. I agree with that. But do you think that Bill would want to be in the spotlight of the Dallas being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to be in that position. Like, that's a pretty solid gig. It is a solid gig, and it will be lucrative. But I'm I'm just saying, like Bill Belichick doesn't strike me as the 
guy who's foaming at the mouth to get into a post-game interview. But you know how you beat all of those, yeah, Tom Brady made you, like sentiment that goes around sometimes? You How's win that? the first Super Bowl with Dallas since the 1996. <laughs> That's it. Oh, That's God. how you beat all of those statements. If you win the Super Bowl with the star on the helmet, like no one will say that Brady made you. First, because the annoying Dallas Cowboys fans will come out of the I was about to say, you, you'll, have, you'll have the, the biggest swath of NFL fans on your side, the Cowboy fans. Yeah, it's just like it so, doesn't matter anymore. Like, people yeah, might it doesn't think matter. the other way around. But it doesn't matter how enough. much logic you want to put into the air. You'll have two Cowboys coming at you telling you're wrong. Yeah, it's like it doesn't really matter. So if you want to beat the allegations, that's it. Or maybe you win the Super Bowl with the Eagles and then you retire. That will get like the Eagles fan on your side. But you need to retire because the, the moment things go south, they will be calling for your head. So you need to retire oh, right away. It's like you win you, the Super Bowl who, and you're out. Who do you think is the better Bill Belichick quarterback as far as working under Bill Belichick's like mentality? Do you think that's Dak Prescott or do you think that's Jalen Hurts? I think that's probably where you were right in your first like spot that he lands, and I think that's Justin Herbert. Exactly. <laughs> the answer is not is neither A or none B. Of the above. Yeah. None of the above. That's it. Yeah, I think you were right in that sense that like the QB that works best with Bill Belichick, it's probably Herbert. Uh because I think that will lead him mad with the turnovers. Although, like in the regular season, they didn't have as many. But when the the when the moment mattered, like Dak just threw them picks like he usually does. And hurts. Here's I'm what I can so say: sure that he can coach. Here's what I can say because I was thinking about this. Here's what I can say about Bill in Philadelphia. I was at first. My first thought was like, okay, would Bill accept the tush push? And then I was like, wait, yes, he would. It's a play that only they can do, generally speaking. They're stupid efficient at it, and no one else in the NFL can do it. It's right up Bill's alley. He needs that. It's it's Bill's bread, bread and jam. It's like it's his favorite thing in the world is to abuse plays that are just like that other teams can't do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so in that sense, it would work with Philly. But I think it's a mix. I think. If you're really pushing me to say between the two QBs which one would work better under Bill, I think it might be Hurts. But I, I think I, you're right too. I think in the end, he probably he, lands in Dallas. I think Jerry Jones will load up. Oh, Jerry Jones running. will throw like whatever and brings like, truck he needs to throw. Like the whatever, dude is yeah. desperate for a Super Bowl before he just goes to Dies. goes yeah. to his like, like dying bed. So yeah. So here's what I will say about Jalen Hurts is as far as his mentality goes. It does seem like Jalen Hurts struggles more than Dak as far as like pre-line reads and what are we going to do if they're blitzing. Like Bill will prepare you for that. So I think in that case, Bill would be better for Jalen Hurts than he would for Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think so as well. It's like you really can't change Dak Prescott's tendencies. I think at this point. So in the same year that Bill Belichick got fired from the New England Patriots, basically my childhood is fucked. 
in the same year that Bill Belichick got fired from the New England Patriots, Nick Saban also retired from college football. Do you have any thoughts on Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, retiring from college football? Because he is he is the most known yeah. college football head coach. Like, I obviously know him, but as I usually say, I don't watch a whole lot of college football. But I think it probably means that Bama might not be that powerhouse that it once was. And it's it's Here's... not just because they're losing the coach. But I, I saw a really good argument the other day, and it's like why so many players are probably decommitting from Alabama right now. And when you, you go to Bama, you're playing for the school. But you're not really playing for the school. You're playing for the guy who went to your... Raven. Yeah, you went, you're playing for the guy who went to your parents' living room, sat there and said that he would coach you for three, four, five years, and he would make you a great NFL prospect. And that guy is not there anymore. So you that's why you see so many players decommitting right now. And I think it makes yeah. sense. And it probably affects I, Bama's status for the for the short term. I have a really spicy take, and I'm probably gonna get banned from traveling to the southern hemisphere of the United States after I say this. Aren't so, you in the southern hemisphere already? No. No? No. Okay. No, no, no. no. Okay. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in the okay. Midwest. So, I think, even though it won't, this kind of, like, puts a tarnish on his legacy to me. It won't for everyone else, and here's why. So, before the NIL money came out, he was staunch in saying that the NIL money is bad, it's making him less competitive with recruits, and he just has a problem with the whole system. I don't think he can compete in a system where you're actually paying athletes their fair wage. The people who say that, you know, the value of going to college and playing football in college is the degree are the same people that Nick Saban took advantage of all these years. Nick Saban was able to make a powerhouse when there wasn't financial incentive to go to a specific school. Now that the, 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 Hides are more or less clear than they can offer you money to come to your college. He can't, he can't, he can't, he can't do it. He can't compete. He can't field a better team. So I, and I think he ran, but that's just me personally. I get the man 70 and he's proven all he wants to prove it. But I think if NIL money was not in the college football team right now, this man would still be coaching. Okay. So. I 100% agree that, like, being against the NIL money, it's, like, it's just dumb, to be honest. Like, these kids, some of them don't even make it to the NFL, and you're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Not only that, not only that, like, a degree in America is worth a lot less than it was when, like, Nick Saban was going to college. And not only that, on top of that, there are players who will are playing just to play football and make it to the next step. They don't give two shits about their degree. So what yeah, do you do but, about those players? Like, yeah, these exactly. players deserve... If you're this good, you deserve to be financially compensated in college. My, my take. That's my take. Yeah, but my issue with the point is, like... I, I knew that he was against the NIL money. Yes. But, like, couldn't Bama just offer as much money as any other, like, college? Because from what they I know... They weren't willing. They weren't willing, but it's like it's a principal thing because they probably have the money for that. There's no way they don't, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's a principal thing. You're the most yeah. popular college team in the in America. There's no way you don't have the money. And yeah, I did see someone else who agreed with you in the sense that they weren't necessarily saying that he was running from this, but they were saying that if NIL wasn't the thing, he would be coaching for longer because he just really dislikes yep. the whole like system and the whole. I'm not sure why because he, he doesn't have a monopoly on players. Yeah, but it's that's like, the thing. That's that's the words he's not saying. That's, that's the meaning between the sentence. He is cannot it, compete is it now. Just, is it just greediness? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it's greediness. Okay, so the board wants to keep the money and like the the whole donors who fund it want to keep more money for themselves. That's it. And he wants more money for himself, I guess. Oh, no, I, it's not that he wants more money for himself. He wants a monopoly on players. Yeah, but it's like, if you, you have the money. So yeah. if you were willing, you would still have the monopoly on players because you're still the most popular college in the in America. Would you, though? Would I mean, you, not, though? It's like... It's pretty hard to compete actively, with Texas money. Yeah, but... Doesn't Alabama has, have deeper pockets? I have no clue about any of this. I uh, like the finances. I, I actually want to Google this as far as what each college is worth right now. Hold on. Like I but would yeah, think on. that Bama would be up there in like the richest college in terms of what they can give to the athletes because of how much they get in sponsors and all of the championships that they won and all of that. Like if like you would rather go to Bama than any other college. And Bama is offering you the same as any other college. Why wouldn't you still go to Bama? So that's why I asked if it's if it's greediness from either Saban, the board, the donors, all of that. Is it greediness for them because they want to keep more money from what they gain? In September in the of 2022, Alabama was worth a net worth of 2.7 billion. Okay. Texas. By comparison, oh my god, forty two billion. Twenty two billion. No, no, you 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 have to forty two billion. Forty two. <laughs> forty two billion. Okay, I had no clue. It was that like why? <laughs> okay, then yeah, you need. You probably <laughs> that's 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 understandable, man. Yeah, but it, it's oh like he God. wasn't even fielding that bad of a team. Like this year's team went to the like top four. Still, yeah, they lost to Michigan, right? Yeah, Michigan, who won it yeah, all? They, they lost to Michigan, won it all. But it's like Michigan probably doesn't have like the deepest pockets as well, right? They probably They're an are. old timey school. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Let me look it... this <laughs> now we're just looking up colleges. But yeah, like Michigan. College network. I know some colleges, and like in my mind, it would be like Bama, Michigan, Texas, for example. But it's clearly not. 17 billion. Yeah. So it's it's Texas, it's Michigan, and it's Bama, apparently. Wait, wow, Bama is really low compared to that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just because they're they're a small town? They're not that big of a town, are they? 
Yeah, I Alabama is a pretty a pretty bad state in the U.S. Quite yeah. honestly. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no. That this once again confirms my theory. Alabama is not like a powerhouse school as far as funds go. So they basically lose their whatever five state monopoly that they had by saying that they're Alabama. Okay, I'm Texas. Here's a million bucks. That's a drop in the bucket to them. Yeah, that's true. And it's surprising that it wasn't like a net coaching gig that immediately got a bunch of coaches riled up to to go for. How much did Nick Saban make in his final year? It was like Lanings. Lanings, I know, the the Oregon coach. He made $11 million in his final year. That's a lot of dough. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised that it wasn't like such a sought after job. Like Lanings, for example, was a name that I heard a lot, and apparently it was just okay sitting at Oregon. So I'm surprised Ooh, yeah. that they I guess they filled the position now with the Washington coach. But I'm still surprised That's that they couldn't get like a bigger name. And maybe that's just it. Maybe they just can't compete in this NIL day. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you were on to something there. And since we're talking about college football, Harbaugh won what he needed to win with Michigan. He won the big one. And now he he has two interviews already done. He has already interviewed with the Falcons. And he interviewed with the Chargers. The Chargers was actually the first interview. So do you think this is finally the time in which... This is going to be a really fun fucking offseason, dude. Yeah. Do you think both Harbaugh's touch in the NFL next year? I was about to say, we got got Jim Harbaugh interviewing. We got Bill (laughs) Belichick interviewing. We, if Pete wants to stay around, we got Pete Carroll interview. Like, we got a lot of fucking good coaches interviewing. I think Pete probably takes like a break this year, but I think I he coaches somewhere next year. The Pete co- so, the Pete firing was surprising to me, because uh, I really didn't expect him. I thought he wouldn't be let go of, although like it was pretty ceremonious. Like they didn't really fire him or anything. They said that he would be transitioning to the front office or to the upper management. Uh, I think it was just like from what I heard from Pete in his press conference, feels like he was more pushed towards the front door, not the front office. And I think he will stay there a year and then he goes coaching somewhere. Uh, I just thought that they maybe would just like let him be another year. And then next year, the contract was up and they would just let him go that way. Like they weren't going to bring him back. But I'm surprised they fired him because I really... I'm not seeing a coach that you can bring in that is realistic, that you can bring in and it's better than Pete. Because I don't think like Arbo is a realistic signing for the Seahawks. And I don't think no. Belichick you would be. Big, you guys are not a big, like, as far as market. market yeah. That's what I'm talking so about. I don't think you get like an Arbo because you don't have like a Justin Herbert or like. Dak Prescott or uh, Jalen Hurts, okay. any of that, and you don't have the big market. 
So I think you're kind Call of me like crazy. Call me crazy. You ready for this? What? You guys are gonna hire Brian Callahan. Ooh. Do you think so? I think so. I'm not necessarily sure that I like that. Should I like that? He's the Bengals offensive coordinator. Yeah. I was actually thinking that a guy that we might realistically get, and this is why I don't understand moving off of Pete Carroll, because I think this coach will be in the same line of Pete and is not as good as Pete. It's Mike Vrabel. Vrabel! Yeah. Interesting. I think now that the New Vrabel England coach... Vrabel does strike me as a Seahawks coach. Yeah, you would, wouldn't he? But it's like it's yeah. just like a younger, probably worse Pete, Pete Carroll. Yeah. And I, I, I do know. think... I don't know. I don't know if I... Uh, I don't know. That's hard. I think, that, I think they're about the same. Yeah, I think like Carol, just based on what he achieved so far, probably That's better. Fair. Maybe like at this fair. point in time, it's the gap isn't that big, but I think it's like it's a sideways move at best. Yes. And apparently, one of the reasons and why in which he left the the Tennessee Titans was because he wanted more roster control. I'm not sure if like now that John Schneider has like final saying on the players for the first time in his like whole career, I'm not sure if he will give that up to Vrabel, but I think Vrabel has seen that, like, in Seattle, you can work, like, side to side, and, like, the relationship will flow beautifully, uh, and I think that will, like, make the decision easier for him to go to Seattle, even though he might not have final saying, he will have a lot of input that will be, like, Fairly well considered. Yeah. So I think Vrabel will be probably the guy that gets the job now that Mayo has taken off the the New England Patriots job, which I yeah, think so is weird. So here's interesting then. Here's something I didn't think about then. Are you saying that the AJ Brown deal was not something Vrabel was on board with? No, I, I think he definitely wasn't. I think the whole last, like, two years, he wasn't really in any sort of control of roster That's decisions. That's crazy. That's crazy. I know for sure this last year he wasn't, because that's when they got the new GM. But I'm not so sure if he got any saying on the AJ Brown trade either, to be honest. Hmm. I think it was a numbers move. Oh, yeah, of course. It was to save money. But... Yeah. And, like, no coach wants that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But yeah. That's I about. think it's going to be Vrabel right now. I might be wrong. I don't really see any links to it. I just think, like, philosophically, I think he would be the sort of coach that gets a big consideration from the Seahawks. And it's like, he's not from a huge market either. And I'm not so sure that he is, like, the main candidate for some of these teams. In which the Seahawks, I think, is is used to this to the the small market, and yep. I think he just fits with the team. Call me yeah. stupid. Call me I crazy. Be 
Call me stupid and call me crazy. What if he goes back to New England? Who? Vrabel. No, I'm saying Vrabel because the New England position has been filled. By whom? Jared Mayo. I didn't... What? I didn't see this. Yeah. What did this happen? They hired him. Like, I believe it was either during the weekend or on Friday. It was something like that. Oh, when my furnace was out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they hired them straight away. Like, didn't really give much consideration to it. Yeah. Gerard That's why Mayo, I'm saying Vrabel. Yeah. Because I thought that Vrabel would be a shoe in for the Patriots. Like, there's a lot of connections there. But apparently, like that's crazy. It was set in stone that it was Jared Mayo, and I'm not so sure that it's a great pick. But yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he he does have history with New England, but that is crazy. Yeah, I mean, he has been coaching under Bill for quite a while, but I'm not so sure if he's like the right play right now. Six things we learned from Jared Mayo's introduction as the New England Patriots head coach. Let's see. Mayo sees himself as a teacher, first and foremost. Mayo calls Robert Kraft thunder. I'm not even sure what the hell that means. (laughs) Mayo does not want to be Bill Belichick. No fucking shit. Oh, my God. Mayo wants players to take ownership of the program. I'm guessing that means we're going to see a lot more looser, like, as far as, like, being able to show your own personality. He's going to be more player-friendly is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Everything is up for evaluation and change. It Robert Kraft looks like a train wreck incoming. Robert Kraft vows not to get involved in football decisions. Does that mean Mayo also is the GM? No, they probably sign a GM, but it's like there won't be meddling from the owner. There has been rumors about team owners Robert and Jonathan Kraft having started to get more involved with football operations over the past few years and ultimately led to Bill Belichick and the team agreeing to part ways. However, Kraft vowed not to get involved. We try to hire the best people we can find and let them do their job and hold them accountable. If you get involved and tell them what to do or try to influence, then you can't hold them responsible and have them accountable. It's just, okay, that's kind of ominous. That's kind of like saying, like, okay, Mayo, if you fuck up, we're going to get you. Like, I don't know. It's just an odd signing. It's like, I understand it's New yeah. England. He has been with New England for a while now, coaching. He spent his whole right, career right. in New England. I understand all that, but it's like he's an inside linebackers coach who has really no experience in play calling. And they didn't even wait for the GM to get on board. So now you're giving whichever GM comes on board a coach already that isn't his decision. So that only makes the job less appealing. I think Mayo might be. I don't know how you can do that, though. I think Mayo might be in charge of operations, too. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. I think they have seen how that went with Bill. And I'm not sure if they will put like a guy who's coaching for the first time as a head coach. All of those decisions, all of those decisions on his plate. Let's see. New England. 
Oh, there's a rumor that there's an executive inside of the New England facility that could get a promotion. Oh, no. Here we go. NBC Boston Patriots not expected to bring in new GM. Yeah, but new GM. So it's, as you said, someone inside the house who gets the promotion. You can read it that way. Here's what I'm told about the Patriots front office situation. They are not expecting to bring in a new general manager. It's anticipated by team sources that both Matt Groh and Eli, Eli Elliot Wolf will remain with the Patriots and have prominent roles in person. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. they will work alongside more. Mayo to make decisions as far as... Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Gotcha. They will have a That's figure fair. or two as GMs. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah. It's going to be That's an fair. interesting hiring circle, I guess. And this one that I'll crazy. finally be a part gonna... of. It's the first time that gonna... I've ever had a coach change in my team since I've been following him. Hmm. What do you think that means for players like Kenneth Walker and JSN and specifically, honestly, someone like Geno Smith and Drew Locke? Uh Depends on the coach, really, because that changed the whole scheme. Like, if it's a Mike Vrabel, I think I would be pretty happy about Kenneth Walker, to be honest, because I think he will have him run yes, like as the one, and there will be really no meddling. Maybe, maybe it's just closer to Pete, to be honest, though, because I'm thinking about it. And it's like his reluctantness uh, and how he was reluctant to like pass the ball to Derrick Henry and how he would always take him out on passing downs. Yeah. I think Kenneth Walker is a bit better in passing downs than Derrick Henry was, but I'm not sure if it's enough to the point in which Vrabel will change his ways. Saying that would be Zach Chardonnay it. could be a thing? No. No? <laughs> like, he will be the same thing as any other like Tennessee Titans backup running back. Prior to Tajay Spears. Okay, okay, okay. You don't let me finish, Angelo. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yeah. But we shall see. We shall see what happens. Yes, Taj- just... Speaking of Tajay Spears, like are you buying Tajay Spears selling them? Is his like stock about to skyrocket? Like what what do you what do you got? I think you're better off selling him like That's when fair. the hype hits because he has the knee issues he has the same knee issue I believe as Todd Gurley I don't think he has yeah. any cartilage on the knee so it's gonna be like a steep decline when it happens and I'm not sure if the Titans will be a good enough offense for me to hold on to that running back That's fair. so I think when the hype I, hits I was, and when it's sure that you won't bring like, another guy Training. I'm not gonna lie. When Derrick Henry's like signs and it's not the Titans, I'm probably gonna immediately put Tajay Spears in the trade design. I think that's the smart move. That's a, that's a plan. That's a plan. You know? 
Just see. I, I'm not saying trade him for a random pick, but you can get oh, other no. players that are probably as productive. Four wide receivers longer... for me! Yeah, and they have longer shelf lives like wide receivers. And even some running backs who have longer shelf lives. My wide receivers are so deep, I might have to, like, just... I don't know. Go for another running back. If you're win now, trade for a better win now piece. If you're rebuilding, trade for a better rebuild piece. Like, Pajay is just whatever. It's like in a weird limbo, which he probably won't be good enough for you to, like, really be competing. He won't be the piece that you need for competing. And he probably won't last long enough for you to be in a rebuild, so... Oh, I'm not in a rebuild. Yeah, I'm saying, like, in general. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Okay. You know, Link still hasn't gotten back to me about where he wants his stupid trophy. Or <laughs> felt to push him further, but I guess I can I can I can get in touch via Discord as well. Like I'm not gonna lie, I I look every like three or four days to see if I got any new DMs that I never have any. I was like, huh. He'll get to me when he gets to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It is what it is. Yeah. I think that's the show. That was a good show. No, 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 no. We're missing two things here. No, 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 no. That's the show. Go on. No, 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 no. We're missing the predictions, Angelo. No, 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 no. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So recap from last week. After I said that we should probably do this thing for my redemption. First week of the playoffs, I went 5-1 and in the picks. I only got Cleveland wrong. You went 1-5, and Angelo. Huh? And not only that, but when picking straight up, when you made our playoff predictions, you got uh-huh. the AFC almost right. You got Buffalo right. You got Casey right. You messed up Cleveland. And then you messed up the whole NFC, which means uh-huh. that your picks in the NFC are all over the place, my guy. All uh-huh. over the place. Uh-huh. But technically, you still have the two Super Bowl picks playing because you picked... KC versus San Francisco. So both are still alive right now. I'm not sure if you want to redo any of those picks. No. Uh, No? Okay, so we'll just jump straight into the predictions then for the week. I mean, I will. If you want me to completely redo the NFC, I can. Uh, Do you want to? My AFC just goes as follows. Houston knocks off Baltimore. Kansas City knocks off Buffalo. Kansas City beats Houston. That doesn't change, but... Okay. I, I don't even I don't even know. And the NFC? I don't even know who what okay, the NFC so NFC are. it's Packers at San Francisco 49ers and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. I don't know who to pick. Oh buddy. Give me the Bucks. Screw the it. Bucks. <laughs> okay. You gonna call and them then... fraudulent too? I mean, they are, but they are not as... Fra- it's not that they're fraudulent. They are what they are. It's like they are not a great team. But they can string things along. I think they get absolutely beaten this week by Detroit. Uh-huh. And okay, so then it's Tampa Bay at San Francisco. And who do you have? San Fran, of course. San Fran, and the Super Bowl winner is... San Fran. All right. So uh, I can't wait for us to redo this again next week. 
After you fail all the picks again. Oh, Lord. Okay, so, divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, you can, I don't even have the thing in front of me. You can just read them off. And okay, okay. Okay, so first one, Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens uh-huh. are nine and a half point favorites. Uh-huh. Over under is forty three and a half. Uh-huh. Who do you have, Angelo? Give me the Texans. The Texans. Texans. Houston Texans. With upset alert. On upset alert. Upset alert. So Houston plus nine and a half for you. Who do you have? I think that's the end of C.J. Stroud's Cinderella season. Was a great season by Stroud, more than I expected. But give me Baltimore minus nine and a half. Next up, the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are nine and a half point favorite. Over under is 50 and a half. And honestly, give me the Packers plus nine and a half. I think... The Niners win the game. But give me the nine and a half. I think that's a whole lot of points for a team that is... Actually, no. You know what? Fuck you and fuck that. Give me the San Francisco 49ers to sacrifice the Green Bay Packers. I'm not sure if a sacrifice will happen this week. Sacrifice is happening this week. Okay, next up, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. Lions are six and a half point favorites. Over-under is 48 and a half. And who do you have? Give me the Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Plus six and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go against you here as well. Give me the Detroit Lions. Minus six and a half. I think it's it's a big beating. And the Lions go to the championship game. Gross. And finally, the game of the week, the Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, two and a half point favorites. Over under is 45 points on dot. And, as I said prior, the Bills are putting the scary man to rest this year. This is not Mahomes' year. Not taking anything away from him. But this is not his year. So give me Buffalo minus two and a half. John Wick's going to strike Buffalo again. Give me Mahomes and the, pa- er, the, and the Chiefs. Okay. Talked about so that's, the Patriots so much. I almost said the Patriots. That's it then. The picks are in. Another four teams that you've cursed this, this week. I hope you're happy four about teams. it. Four teams cursed. Four teams <laughs> that I cursed this guy. <laughs> And what yeah. will you do if the Packers beat the 49ers? Nothing major, to be honest. I think like no. I think the Packers are probably the sneakiest team here. Like I wouldn't be shocked if this team made the Super Bowl for some reason. Because when they get hot, I like, would. Lafleur has been putting on a master in terms of coaching. Like he has sublime. He has been sublime as a coach this year. And I think it's showing in the first game of the playoffs. So I wouldn't really be shocked. Like, the only thing that would shock me is the defense just started to play lights out all the remaining games. Decided to play lights out. Yeah, because they've been terrible all year. Um, So that's the one main concern that I have with the Packers. But outside of that, like, 
when they the are on. The shocking thing is if the Packers play good defense in the playoffs. Yeah, if the Packers oh, play defense. Oh, Lord. Because outside of that, like, when Jordan Love is on, I've said this before and I'll say it again, he is probably a top 12 guy in the league. Oh. And yeah, now you can say that it's the show. It's the show. You take us out. I'm done. All right, then. As Angelo usually says, he's in a bad mood today because things got rough. Uh, there's a nice little fancy donate button right there that you can click to help us out. Uh, if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, if you're listening on the Spotify app, just leave us a five-star review. Turn on the auto-download as well. As well. That really helps. If you're listening on YouTube, just like, subscribe, turn on the notifications, and yeah, subscribe to the channel. I'm pretty sure that I've said that. I'll say it again. And yeah, hope you enjoyed the first week of the playoffs, guys. There's a whole lot more coming in. The, the offseason is looking wild right now with all, with all of these coachings available. All of these coaches available. And yeah, tune in next week to see how much Angelo has screwed these four teams. See you next week, guys. Fuck you, Alex.